Welcome back, everyone. Happy Sabbath again. Happy Sabbath. Uh, in this one, we're going to finish off the first slide, and I sent the, 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 the live for the second one. Um, when I'm finished, obviously, you'll see when we finish, and I'll just say switch to the other one. I'm going to start the keynote on that. This one is a little short, but it's, I'm gonna, by the grace of God, it's going to pave the way for going into the, to the next one. Um, so let us open up with a silent word of prayer, this next one. Amen. All right. In the last one, we were going over Daniel eleven thirty six to 40, and we were showing that the Lord wants us to understand um, the, 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 the title God, uppercase, and God, or God's lowercase, that God, God means ruler or judge. So if you just take that understanding and go read Genesis 1, it should give you a whole new a light bulb should go out. In the beginning, the ruler and the judge created the heavens and the earth. So when you look at the Bible in that light, that means whatever God created is under judge and it's under ruler. Y'all follow? So he created everything to be under rule and, every, and everything is created with sound judgment. Amen? God is a title and, and, and it's a, it's a, he wants us to understand as, as I understand it, there are many of his sheeps that are, uh, of his sheep that's caught up in the deception that Jesus is in God. That um that God didn't create all things and and um that in the beginning God is just one person and all of these different things. So understanding this is equipping us and it will give us the ability to to rescue some of some of our brothers and sisters that's in the deception that Jesus is in God and that God is just this. No, God is a title that He's given to represent Himself. And how do I know that? Because God's name. Uh, for instance, when a child is born into a family. In many homes and other places in the world, oftentimes a child don't even know the first name of his father and his mother. All they know is father and mother. They don't never call a, a father by his real name or the mother by her. It's disrespect in some culture. God operates the same way. So he tells us to refer to him as what? Father or God. Amen? But his name, that's for those whom he really loves. Amen? Those who are really close to him. And it's really... Amen, because his name is secret. And Christ says, I will tell you the Father's name when you overcome. Amen. I'll give you, amen, I'll give you that name. Y'all follow? So, amen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Amen. 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 There's a lot of lessons taught in this. So let us turn back to our notes. We was on this page, State and Church Society. Everyone sees it? Um, the, the keynote live, the first one, not the second one that I sent. I'm going to switch to that one later. Um, I'm on Exodus 7 where it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God. I don't know the page number. Um, it should open up right there. If you're on the keynote live, it, you should. Yeah, okay. All right. So praise God. So we started earlier by reading that Daniel... Is, is the great theme of Daniel is the state, and Revelation, a great theme is the church. So when we study the books of Daniel and Revelation, the theme that we're seeing is church and state. Amen? And the reason for that is because the battle at the end of the world is going to be over church and state. 
who has the right to rule in the church and who has the right to rule in the state. Michael rules in the state. Jesus Christ rules in the church. Amen? That's what the books of Revelation shows us. The first thing John sees in there is the man Christ Jesus. The one who Daniel sees is, is Michael, one who is as God is. Amen? So Daniel shows you plainly God rules in the state, and John shows you plainly that Christ rules in the church. He governs the church, and Michael governs the state. And we left off by showing the papacy exalts itself above Jesus as Savior and Michael as ruler. That's what the papacy does. This is the power that wages war against God in his divine nature and his human nature. And, and paganism was the power that was doing that, and now it became the papacy. So let's read some, some let's continue on with this thought. Um, and I have in here, Israel was made up of judges and religious teachers. And, and so this is how God's empire is made up of judges and religious teachers. So in heaven, there's gods who are judges, and then there are religious teachers who are bishops and priests. Y'all follow? The same way it's set up on earth is the same way God's government is set up in heaven. There's religious leaders and there's judges that God has. So that means Christ has appointed some angels to govern the nations. And then there are some angels to govern the affairs of the church. Amen. Yep. That's how he's appointed. And Daniel teaches us that. And Revelation teaches us the other part. And when you bring these two books together, it shows you that God rules in both church and state. Amen. So understanding this clearly from 30 to 36 and 36 to 40 is showing us how God rules in church and state. Amen. Amen. And the power that's waging war against church and state and, and, and our relations to, to these things. So let's look at this. Korah, the leading spirit in this movement, was a Levite of the family of Koath and a cousin of Moses. He was a man of ability and influence. Though appointed to the service of the tabernacle, he had become dissatisfied with his position and aspired to the dignity of the priesthood. Who's this? Satan. Satan. Yeah. Amen. He says, I will rule in church and state. He aspired to the position of priesthood. This is, so this version is showing us as Satan in heaven that he aspired to the position of, of the church. But other stories is going to show us how Satan aspired to the position of a judge or a ruler. Amen? All right, so let's go on. It says, The bestowal upon Aaron and his house of the priestly office, which had formerly devolved upon the firstborn son of every family, had given rise to jealousy and dissatisfaction. And for some time, Korah had been secretly opposing the authority of Moses and Aaron. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Amen? Um, Though he had not ventured upon an open act of rebellion, he finally conceived the bold design of overthrowing both the civil and the religious authority. Amen? Amen. So the bold design of Satan is the Sunday law. He finally conspired upon this bold design to overthrow the religious and the civil authority in the world. Amen? That's what Satan's trying to do. Remove the religious and civil authority in the world. First the United States and then the rest of the world. And this is the pattern that shows us how he's going to do this from 30 to 36 and 36 to 40. Amen? Amen. This is the pattern. Amen. Going on. United States is established upon a civil and a religious foundation. The Vatican is established upon a civil and a religious foundation with the church being the controlling element of influence. Y'all follow? The church is a controlling influence in the Vatican. So what is so in order for America to make an image, what must happen? The church must be the controlling influence. 
Well, where do we get this pattern? Let us, let us go look at it. Um, we're going to come back to this. Look at this strange God. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of who? Women. What is it talking about? Neither shall he regard the desire of his father, nor, I mean, regard the God of his father, nor the desire of what? Yeah. He's not going to respect church or state. Y'all are following? Miller's going to let us know this. He's not going to respect either. And um, it's also natural. Their priests can't marry and all of those things. Their priests are eunuchs. They, they made themselves eunuchs. They can't get married and all of those things. It says, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold. Keep this in mind. Shall, notice what he's going to honor, these gods, right? He's going to honor them with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to what? To rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. Who's he talking about? Let's look at Revelation 17. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great what? Whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the what? The gods of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was what? Arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a gold. Who's this? That's what Daniel saw. Y'all follow? Go back up to 37. Um, Thus shall he do in the most stronghold with the strange God whom, his, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. Um, and he shall cause them to rule over many. This is the many waters. He shall cause them to rule over many. And go back up to, the, to verse 38. But, the, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces and, and a God whom his fathers knew not and shall honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. John is seeing the same thing. He's seeing the kings honoring the woman with gold and silver and precious things. So in, in Daniel 11.30, this is the civil part of the papacy exalting the religious part of the papacy. Y'all follow? That's what's happened. The civil part is exalting the religious part. Because the beast in Revelation 17, that's the civil part. But the woman is the what? The religious part. You know, this used to bother me back in the days. Because one of the teaching was, the woman is a papacy. And in my mind, I'm like, how can the woman be the papacy if the beast is a papacy? That doesn't make any sense. Then I'm, but man, this makes so much more sense now. The woman is the religious system of Rome. And the beast is the civil system of Rome. And the religious system is controlling the civil system. So when you look at the Vatican, it's the bishop that's controlling the pope. But it's the, it's, it's the same person. You follow? So here's what they do. The religious bishop can't go to the United Nations, but as king, he can go to the United Nations. So when he goes to the UN, he's not acting as religious leader. He's not able to counsel them in religious affairs. He can only counsel them in civil affairs. That is madness because it's coming from the same mind. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that's nice. Amen. Amen. That's nice. That's nice. Amen. We have to understand this. The world knows this, but many Adventists don't know this. But the world itself knows this. They know as a pope, as a papa, as a, as a bishop, the pope can't go to the UN. But wait a minute, but the pope goes to the UN. 
because he's not going as a religious figure. He's going as a civil figure. Amen? We have to understand this. And when they, when they appoint her as a religious figure, she has control of the beast now. Y'all follow? Now she's riding the beast, not as a civil figure now, but as a religious figure at the same time, being a civil figure. Because Jesus is both God, civil figure, and man, religious figure. Amen? Reli I wish we had time to go, on, go into these things. Religion is reason. We worship because of reason. Amen. This is your reason. That's all religion is, reason. We are reasonable, worshiping, God-fearing people. If we don't worship God right, we are unreasonable. Religion means sound reason. Amen? That's what, just go look it up. That's what religion is, sound reason. So this woman in Revelation 17, this is a religious woman. It's a corrupt church. And Revelation 12 shows a reasonable religion, a, a, a woman that's worshiping God correctly. Amen? So I uh, hope you can see this. Go back in. Let's go on to this. So Daniel's seen this strange God. It's the, this is the church of Rome. John sees the woman. Daniel sees strange God. John sees a woman. It's, it's, it's the same thing. I, I, hope we, I hope we're able to, to see these things. And Genesis 3, let's look at where the idea comes from. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in a day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as what? How many people have ever noticed that? She, he didn't tell Eve you shall be God, big G. He says you shall be what? You so what does this mean then? It means a lot of things. Before there was even any other people on earth, they were gods. Y'all yeah. follow? Satan knew that there was other gods. And, and, and yes, so Satan is offering them. Not say, it would have been foolish for Satan to say you will be big God. Eve, I mean, Eve would have been absolute stupid to fall for that. He doesn't say that. He says you shall be as gods. So that means Adam and Eve had a knowledge of gods. Amen. Yes, amen. That's nice. So I want us to see that our first parents understood the difference between big and small. Y'all follow? They, our Adam and Eve understood the difference between God and gods. Otherwise, Satan could have never offered her such a position. In order for Satan to offer you a position, you must have a knowledge of the position you're being offered. Y'all our religion is reasonable. It's not an unreasonable religion. Amen? It's reason. We're using reason to see this. Reason allows us to see what's not written there. Amen? It's by, y'all following? Amen. It's by reason we arrive at certain things. Amen? That's what Miller, Miller, Miller's rule teaches us. Go ahead. Can't hear you. Yes, it's 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 him. Yes, Amen. He was, he didn't, that's Thanks. the only thing he had. That amen. He was offering himself. Something was not his to give, but the only thing he could offer is what he had. Amen. And he was offering them, but they already had. They already had all position. All Amen. They already had a position. They didn't, Satan was offering something they already owned. How do I know that? Because he offered it to Christ. But Christ, no, I already own this. You're offering me what I already own. So he's offering Eve a position she already had. She just didn't want to wait. 
Christ. Amen. She, was, she already had a position. The, just read Genesis 1. The Bible says, let them have dominion. They were already gods in the earth. And he's offering something they already had position to. Eve already had equal rulership with Adam. But once she sinned, she lost that equal title. Because now in order to control that rebellious spirit she took on, she had to go under the husband. The husband keeps that rebellious nature of woman in check. And when a woman don't want her to come under that, that, that power, she's going to exalt herself. She has to because that's the spirit she took on. But Adam is not to abuse that position. Amen? Yes. Amen. Adam is not to abuse that position. Go ahead. Because um, they were made to reclaim people. Yes, they were. And Amen. They were well on their way to reclaiming it. They just have to wait. Early. Yeah. Amen. And because of that, the Lord, the Lord had to extend probation Amen. for a long time. I hope everyone is able to follow these different thoughts. These are plainly proved right throughout the Bible. We can bring in other witnesses, but for sake of time, lack of time, we're not going to do that. It says, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. Well, what does this mean? So Daniel 11, 36 to 40, is showing us a civil part of the papacy honoring the religious part of the papacy. Revelation 17 is not showing us a civil part of the papacy so much. It's showing us the religious part of the papacy. It's showing us the one who's honored by the king. But Daniel is showing us the king honoring the woman, and Revelation showing us the woman who received that honor and what she does with that honor. Amen. What she does with that honor, she brings the kings under her control. And Daniel 11 is showing us how she brings the kings under her control because the king, Vatican, Rome, the civil part of Rome, honored the religious part of Rome. And the religious part of Rome began to exalt itself above every god, whether it be king or, 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 or bishops. It said, um, Justinian said, he's the head of all the churches. And then later on, she's not only the head of all the churches, but she's the head of all the kings of the earth as well. Amen. It was literal written document in history saying that the Vatican controls the kings and the Vatican controls the bishop. 533, she had power over the, the, the church and 538, she had power over the state. Amen. That, this, is, yeah. this is documented history. So that we have to see this Rome. The papacy is, is a, the pope is two people. He's a, he's a bishop, and he's a king. That's what he is. And Daniel 11 is showing us the king part of the papacy, and Revelation 17 is showing us the pope part of the papacy. It's the same system with these two parts to them. Amen? That's what, that's what Daniel is showing us. And when you get to Daniel 11.40, this is what's going to be repeated, the activities of the church and the activities of the state and the parts they play in relation to each other. Amen? This is how the United States is broken up, Protestantism, and republicanism. Instead of God of forces, the margin reads are Muslim or God's protectors, the meaning of which is the papal power in his estate or reign will honor the protectors of his images, of the Virgin Mary, the saints, etc. Those protectors were the monks, the priests, and the Jesuits. Here's the rulers. Here's the gods. The monks, the priests, and the Jesuits. Y'all following? Everyone's following? All right. So going on, it says, on them the church of Rome has bestowed great honors. The papists have honored God such as their heathen ancestors never knew, such as the Virgin Mary and the whole calendar of saints. He has honored those images with ornaments of gold and silver, precious stones, and pleasant things. And let's continue. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. 
and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. Thus he shall do to the defenders of Mazum together with the strange God whom he, whom he shall acknowledge. He shall multiply honor. He shall cause him to rule over many. Go through the 1260. The Jesuits ruled everywhere. The monks ruled everywhere. And in seven, July 21st, 1773, they brought the king saw that they couldn't do anything unless the Jesuits sanctioned it. And then they threw off that gall and yoke in 1773, and I forgot which nation was the first. This is why persecution almost wholly ceased, right there. Because the Jesuits were no longer controlling the kings of the earth from that point forward. But nonetheless, the papacy still had a religious influence over these kings. And Amen. Yeah. Amen. The only way to break away from the papacy, you had to have atheism. That was the, I mean, it was two ways. They could have accepted what God was offering them, or they could accept what Satan offered them, which was atheism. So they saw atheism as the only way out from under a king and a church. Amen. Yes. Amen. But God rose up Martin Luther to bring them, to bring the kings back to true um, to the true thing of republicanism and Protestantism, but they didn't want God's way because God's way comes with a, with a call for righteousness. And they didn't want that, that righteousness that was associated with God's way. So it says, ruled over many and divided the land for gain. They have been reverenced almost to adoration. Their jurisdictions, jurisdictions were extended over the purses and consciences of men. They have been, enshr they have been enshrined with the noblest, Enriched, thank you. Enriched with the noblest buildings and largest endowments, and the choicest lands have been appropriated for church lands. These are facts of such public notoriety that they require no proof. I love this. These men were Bible students. This is William Miller saying these are facts. Nobody can. The Jesuits, the priests, and the monks, they own the lands. That's why Jamaica is still under England. It's not really owned by England. It's owned by the Vatican. England was just the one who hold those things like a bank. They're just holding the Vatican's assets. That's all England is doing. Everyone follow? All the nations was just banks to the Vatican. So when anyone traced the money, they will only stop at the bank. But who actually owns the money? Nobody knows. Because Revelation 17 and 18 says, she owns the riches of this earth. Y'all follow? The kings gave their lands because the Jesuits designed that kings would surrender their land to the Vatican. How do I know that? How do you know that, Kennard? How do you come to that conclusion? Because when you go to Genesis 3, Adam and Eve gave their land to the beast. The king gave his land to the woman, and the woman gave it to the beast. So who owns the land? The beast. Y'all follow? The beast owns the land. And the only piece of, 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 of what's that word? There's a word. The only piece of, ah, there's a word. Is it resource? No. Um, there's, not, there's a word. Real estate. The only real estate that she does not own is the United States. That's the only real estate she doesn't own. And what keeps her from owning this real estate is the Constitution. So Satan has to get America to change the Constitution in such a way so that the Vatican can get ownership of the Constitution, and it's going to seem like it's America, right? Because everyone's going to see the Protestants. But no, Protestants have sold this land just like Eve sold the land and made Adam sell his right. So America would sell the land and sell his rights and his people to the Vatican. Y'all follow? Same pattern, same pattern. 
Amen. Amen. And what is it teaching about us? Everyone has an individual constitution. Amen. 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 So what is it saying? If we receive the mark of the beast, we've given up our individual constitution. Amen. And now the papacy, not the papacy, Satan now owns the land, the man, and everything you have. Amen. And how do we come to that part? Little things. It's the little things. The fruit that Adam and Eve ate, it was the little thing. It wasn't a big thing. It was something little. So it's something little that leads people to receive the mark of the beast. Not something big. Something little that we're now, right now, doing in the secret, doing in the dark. Whatever that little thing is, that's what Satan is going to magnify and make you receive the mark of the beast. So this is teaching us to put away our sins so that this sin doesn't happen to us. Amen? We don't want this to happen to us. So let's go down to this last part. We have, I love our pioneers. We have now gone through with the history of papal Rome in its what? So what is Daniel 11, 30 to 30, 40 talking about? The civil character of Rome. Amen? Everyone, Rome has a civil part and a religious part. When we go into Revelation, we're not dealing with the civil part of Rome. It's not that it's not there. The Lord wants you to see the religious part of Rome. And when you stand Daniel, it's not that the religious part of Rome is not there. The Lord wants you to see the civil part of Rome. We have to see these different characteristics. And it's not hard to see. Adam and Eve is two peoples, man and woman. It's not hard to see. Amen? It's not hard to see. It's natural. It's marriage. Every time I look at Kerry, I'm seeing the king of Rome and, and, um, and, the, and the bishop of Rome. Every time I'm married and I see that, that's what we're displaying. We can either reflect the image of the papacy or we can reflect the image of Christ. Amen? That's what a marriage is. Every marriage is going to reflect one of these two images. And right now, America is on its way to reflect the wrong image. And they're going to sell this land. The sign that America's about to sell this land is what's happening right now. Amen? Because what are they attacking? Marriage. So the very next thing that we should see America start attacking is what? Spiritual marriage. Amen? These are the signs that America is getting ready to sell the land to the Vatican. That's what's about to happen. And this is, these kind of teaching is going to anger the Vatican. Amen? So, yes, amen. Last, this is the last part. And at the time of the end, shall the king of the what? South push at him. We have now arrived to the end of the third division of the angel's history. For the next verse tells us, and at the time of the end, meaning the end of his power to tread on the church by his civil authority or reign over the kings of the earth, and landed you in the year A.D. 1798 when the Pope of Rome lost his civil power. In the beginning of the year 1798, on the 15th of February, a French general, Berthier, entered Rome with a French army without resistance, deposed the Pope, abolished the papal government, and erected the Republic of Italy. The Pope of Rome has exercised no more of his former power over any of the kings in Europe or the Protestant churches. How plain is that? How, amen. How plain is that? So from 31 to 35, the Pope exercises civil power over the church. 36 to 40 shown us how she exercises civil power over the kings of the earth. And 1798 shows us how this exercising of power comes to an end. 
But Revelation 13 shows us how the religious aspects is going to resurrect this power. Amen? Revelation tells us that it's the church that resurrects the power being given back to the beast to exercise that same authority that it had in the 1260. But the second time that she's going to do this, the last state is what? Worse than the first. Amen? It's going to be a terrible conflict that God's people is about to engage into with the man of sin. And now I'm asking everyone to go to the other slide because we're going to go right from this one into that one called the Great Controversy. Picking up with this same thought. Um, I know I'm not going to get to complete this, and I just want to add this part. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to complete this in stages, and my prayer is that as going through this, that we won't stop here at just us. As Rashad started, then we're married and swinging. My prayer is I really hope that y'all do take up this study and, and that y'all really see the importance of this. I know it's important. I, I'm convicted that, it, that it's important, and the Lord requires us to teach it. And he wants us to understand it because our eternal salvation depends upon how we treat the revelation in Daniel 11. I mean, it, it, it hangs on it. And, and as I go through this next portion, I pray that we are going to begin to see how much it hangs on it. Everybody on planet Earth that's going to be saved must hear Daniel 11, 40 to 45. Everybody, everybody, not one single human being on this planet. If when living in the time when Christ is going to come, if you're going to be saved, you have to understand Daniel 11, 40 to 45. Yep. If you don't understand it, even if you're an atheist, you're going to have to understand it or you're going to be lost. That's, ju that's just what it teaches. And we're going to see this as we go through this. This is the great theme of Daniel 11, the close of probation. Because at the end of it, what happens? Michael stands up. So the great theme of Daniel 11 is the close of probation. So what is it impressing upon us? When we begin to see this portion of scripture beginning to be understood, we're coming closer and closer to the close of probation. Amen? Anytime God begins to open up light that, that's connected to the close of probation, it means we're coming close to that point. That's what it means. He wouldn't open it up if it, didn't, if it wasn't necessary. Right now, it's necessary. At the Sunday law, probation to prepare for probation is closed for Seventh-day Adventists. That's what that means. At the Sunday law, I'm going to say it again, probation to prepare for the close of probation for Seventh-day Adventists, it's finished. It's done. If once the Sunday law comes and we don't understand these things, it's, it's for us, it's finished. It's, it's for Adventists, it's finished. The Sunday law is only going to reveal what? Who understand these things. Yeah, what side, what side you've chosen before you even got to the Sunday law. So this is what we're going to go through as we go through this next part. And this is all teaching us about the Sunday law. That's what it's doing. This is how the papacy is going to get control of the land and the people and all its resources and give it to its gods and its rulers. Amen. Say the what? The noun? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Amen. The Lord does want us to understand that. I do believe he wants us to because that's the battle right now. So continue with this. The Bible. Swindon read this in the introduction to, to the Daniel 11 series. We're just going to go to the bowl. Um, it's a wonderful um, quote, but we're just going to look at the bowl. I'm going to just take this part from the top. The Bible is its own expositor. He should understand the bowl now. He should understand the nature of the two principles that are contending for supremacy and should learn to trace their working through the record of what? History and prophecy. What is Daniel doing? This very thing. This is what Daniel's doing. This is what Daniel and John is doing. The record of the state, 
and the record of the church. Amen? And it's shown us this great controversy between Christ and Satan. Two principles that are contending for, for our hearts, literally, right now. That's what's happening. And it says, to the great consummation, to the great what? Consummation. He should see how this controversy enters into every phase of human experience. How in every act of life, he himself reveals the one or the other of the two antagonistic motives. And how, whether he will or not, he is even now deciding upon which side of the controversy he will be found. Right now we're deciding, as y'all are listening to me, we're either deciding, you know what, it's just Canard speaking up there. Or we're either deciding, man, God is really showing us a lot right now. That's what we're really saying in our, in our hearts right now. It's either, man, it's just Canard saying these things. Or, man, God is really showing us a lot. Y'all follow? That's what we're saying. Every time we teach, that's what we're saying. It's either a man or it's either God. Man, God is really teaching us a lot. That's how we view. That's what she's saying here. These two principles are fighting for our hearts right now. If we view it as man, we're going to do the same thing the Jews did. They just said he's just a man, and they crucified him. So therefore, they don't have to receive anything that he teaches. The spirit, amen. What spirit is, is influencing? And it's not hard. I'm, I'm, honestly, it's not hard. If the Bible's being opened up to us in ways it has never been, then praise the Lord. Consummation, it means completion, end, process, the end or completion of the present system of things. So Daniel 11 is about the consummation. This is the process of the end of the world, amen. It starts like this and it's going to end like this, amen. That's what Daniel led. The whole theme of Daniel 11 is the process of the end of the world. Amen? Amen? So continue. Death, the end of life, and he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas of the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his what? His consummation. That he shall exalt himself, but he shall come to his consummation. That's what it's about. Let us continue now. Um, in history and prophecy... The word of God portrays the long-continued conflict between truth and error. That conflict is yet in progress. Those things which have been will be repeated. And at the time of the end begins this process. Amen? This great conflict. This is where it starts at the time of the end. And here, I love this part now. Follow me at this part. The truth. Listen to what Daniel, said, um, Daniel teaches us. Gabriel in Daniel 10 shows us that Satan was withstanding him for three whole weeks. He did not want Daniel, not Daniel, he did not want Seventh-day Adventists at the end of the world to understand this book. He did not. So here's what Gabriel says in verse 21. But I will show thee that which is noted where? Why does Gabriel have to add that? Why, why, does he, why didn't he add that in Daniel 9? Why didn't he add that in Daniel 8? Why does he add the scripture of truth? Why does he attach truth to what he's going to reveal in Daniel 11? He only does it in another place in Daniel, is Daniel 7. And it was the truth about the fourth feast. So there's a truth about Rome we need to understand, and Daniel 11 is just the truth. But here's, here's what I want us to notice now. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. Look at 11.2. And now will I show thee the truth. So Daniel 11, every verse in there is the truth. But what is the truth then? Historical events. We need to have a correct understanding of historical events. That's the truth. Well, what is a correct understanding of historical events is going to do? Well, let's see what the Bible says. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? So a correct understanding of Daniel 11 is going to do what? Make us free. 
But how do I know this is true? Because the whole theme of Daniel 11, it was, where was Daniel? Time and place. Where was he? He was in Babylon. And what was the circumstance? He needed freedom. Cyrus needed to make a decree to set them free. So Gabriel says, Daniel, I come to give you the revelation that Cyrus is going to set you free. So what, so what did God do there? The Lord is saying Daniel 11 is the book that's going to set everyone that's in captivity to Satan at the end of the world free. This is what we're supposed to teach. Nothing else. This sets people free. Amen? That's why we have to understand it. If we don't understand it, what does it mean? We're not free as we think we are. We're not as free as we think. We, that's, isn't that the church to the message to the Laodicean? You think you're free, but you're in bondage. If you don't understand Daniel 11, you're really not as free as you think. Why? How do you know that? You're not free to even think about it. You're not even free to study it because Daniel wasn't free to think about it or study it. He had to wrestle for his freedom. So what does that mean about me? I, like Jacob, I need to wrestle for my freedom to understand in this book. Why am I saying it? To study this book, it's not natural. To study Daniel 11 is not a natural thing. You can't do it. I can't do it. Nobody can do it. Unless we agonize with God and his spirit moves upon us to study this book, we're not going to do it. Because Satan is going to see to it that you don't do it. Because he knows that if you understand this, you're going to be made free. So every opportunity we get and we don't study these things, we don't desire freedom. We want to remain in darkness. God says this is the book that's going to set people free. Because he lined it up with Babylon, setting the Jews free. So everyone that's in Babylon, those who teach Daniel 11, are going to set a lot of people free. Christ is going to use them to rescue many people from out of Babylon by the teachings of Daniel 11. Go ahead. <coughs> Praise God. Amen. Righteousness. They shall set many free. Uh, so I'm stressing this point, and I'm going to stress it as long as the Lord gives me breath to stress it and give me, give me grace to do it. We have to understand this. It's not optional. It's not optional. It's mandatory. We may not like it, but I have to say it. The Lord says whether they hear or forbear. And if we don't make an effort to understand it from the point of hearing this, it's going to get harder to understand it as time goes on. Y'all follow? It's going to get harder to understand it because Satan is going to look at you. You're not making any effort. Okay, praise God. Thank you for not making any effort. I'm going to make it harder for you. I'm going to make it harder for you. I'm going to place many obstacles in your way so that you don't understand this. But if God sees you trying to understand it, praise God. I'm going to make every effort to make you understand it. Amen? It's mandatory. It's not optional. And I'm stressing everyone watching, it's mandatory. It's not optional. We have to understand this book. It's not optional. It's mandatory. And let's continue to prove it. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So Daniel 11 sanctifies us? Yes, that's why Gabriel add the word truth to that vision. Amen? Because this is going to sanctify us. How does it do it? Everyone that is of the truth hears my what? So only those that love the truth is going to understand Daniel 11. <laughs> Y'all are following? And Christ says, my sheep know my what? My voice. And they follow me. 
keep that in mind. Let's continue. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the what? So wait a minute. There's something in Daniel 11 I need to obey that's going to purify me? Yes, it is. What is it? Come out of Babylon. Amen. Amen? Wasn't that what Daniel had to do? Come out of Babylon. Come out of confusion. If we don't understand Daniel 11, it's because we're sitting in confusion. Let us continue. And he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the what? And many shall be what? Purified. What's closed up? Not Daniel. Not Revelation. Not the Bible. Daniel 11. Y'all follow? The context says it's Daniel 11. So Daniel 11 is a what? A sealing message. Let us continue. It's a sealing message. Sealing. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Next bowl. For the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Just as this time, 1848, the Seventh-day Adventists were learning from the Scriptures that the Sabbath of the Fourth Commandment was the sign or seal of the living God and that the time had arrived for the proclamation of the seal and message of Revelation 10, 1-4. So she ties, it's tied with Revelation 10, 1-4 because that's what the angel came down with what? The little book in his hand, open. Let's look at it. Revelation 10, just the bowl. And he had in his hand a little book, what? What was Christ doing when he came down in 1840 in, in, in context of what we're saying? Setting people free. Everyone who received the Millerite message was literally set free from deception. Isn't that what happened? So it confirms that that truth really does set people free. That's what Millerite history is there to teach us. The teaching of this sets us free from the power of Rome. Every error taught today in this world, it doesn't matter how old it is, it belongs to the Vatican. And if we hold on to any error, we belong to the Vatican. It's error that puts us under the control of Satan. It's truth that puts us under the control of Christ. And Daniel 11 is the truth that puts us under the control of who? Christ. And when we come under his control, the Bible says in Daniel 12:1, Michael stands up to deliver those that has come under his control. Amen? And he scatters those who refuse to come under his control. Because that's what the beginning of Daniel 10 shows us. Y'all follow? The end, the end, the beginning shows us the false running from when Michael stands up, but the end shows us Michael delivering those who accepted it. Amen? He's, in the beginning, the false run. In the end, the wise is saved. Y'all are following? All of that is right there in Daniel. It's all right there. Amen. So let's go on to this next one. Open. When you look at the meaning of open, it makes sense now. Open. He had a little book open. Unseal. Unse unclosed. Thank you. An open book. Open eyes. So unseal as an open letter. Public. So the little book is to go what? Public. That's why the first angel's message to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Make it public. Open. Daniel is opened up to the whole public. To everyone. Anyone who wants to understand Daniel 11, God promises he will open your eyes to understand it. Amen? Because Christ says it's open. Yes. Amen. Shut it. Amen. And it says, admitting all persons without restraint, free to all comers, plain. Apparent, evident, public, not secret or concealed as an open de declaration, open avowal, 
open shame, open defiance. The nations contend to open war in open arms, not wearing disguise, not hidden, exposed to view. We are to exercise our thoughts and lay open the treasure of divine truth, ready to hear or receive what is offered. The word is open and ready to hear the things that were once open, that was once shut up and sealed. I put that in in a show. When God opens up the book at the time of the end, that means everybody's mind, God has somehow miraculously opened up every human on planet Earth's mind to understand what's in that book. And Satan's goal now is to deceive you to make you think your mind is closed. That's his goal. He's going to make you think you can't understand it by suggesting nonsense to you. It's, it's hard. It's a prophecy. Seal. You can't understand it. Don't read it. Don't look in that book. It's a curse if you read it. Don't, don't do that. You, there's no way any man understands that book. But Michael says it's open. And if it's open, that means he's opened up our minds to understand it. So then, so then who is he waiting for? Us to come to it. He's waiting for us to come to the open book. Amen. So let's, let's continue now with this thought. Open. Here's what, what is said by Uriah Smith. We now enter upon a prophecy of future events, clothed not in what? Figures and symbols, as in the visions of chapters 2, 7, and 8, but given mostly how? In plain language. Open. open. Daniel 11 is an open book. It's not closed. It's open. Many of the signal events of the world's history from the days of Daniel to the end of the world are here brought to view. Keep that in mind. So from, from, the, from the days of Daniel to where? To the end of the world. When this vision was given, what power was ruling there? How do we, how do we express the Medes and the Persians? So at the end of this vision, what power was ruling? Medes and Persians, a two-horned power. Amen? Because Christ declares the end from the what? So when the light goes forth, when the light went forth in the times of the Medes and the Persians, those that were with Daniel, they ran. So when this light goes forth in the time period of the Medes and the Persians, those who are in the Seventh-day Adventist church who don't like the light, what are they going to do? Run. They're going to run because they don't love the truth. They don't want to be set free. Amen. It's a cleansing. Praise the Lord. Is it one at the beginning and one at the end? Amen. That's what Daniel has shown us. Let's go. Let's continue on. Signal bell, right? He says, he says Daniel 11 is a signal. So let's look at what signal means. Signal, a sign. So what's Daniel 11? Sabbath. That entire, Sabbath. amen. Sabbath. It's all about the Sabbath. Amen. Yes, it is. The entire book of Daniel 11, chapter not, yes, Daniel 11 is a sign. That entire vision from one all the way to Michael standing up, they're all signs. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Let's continue. A sign that gives or is intended to give notice or the notice given. Signals are used to communicate notice, information, orders, and the like. So Daniel 11 is intended to communicate orders and give information? Yes, it is. Yes, those visions, when we understand those, those events that Gabriel marked out in history, the voice of God is heard in them. And if we can hear that voice in those events that God identified for us, praise God. But if we can't hear that voice, man, it's, it's scary. God's voice is spiritual. God is a what? Spirit. And those that worship him, worship him how? In spirit and in truth. The natural takes us to the spiritual. Let's continue. It's going to hopefully come home closer. Um, to, to persons at distance and by any persons and for the purpose. A signal may be a motion of the hand, just like this, 
The raising of a flag, when I was in the military, I used a lot of signals. Because you, amen. Amen. Praise God. In the military, when I was a plane captain, this was to start engine number one. Because you can't talk on the flight deck. It's too loud. So when many false prophets are blowing, Jesus is just going to give a signal. And if we don't know what the signal is saying, like Swinton said, we're going to make the wrong decision. Because it's going to be hard to hear Jesus' voice. But nonetheless, it's okay. He's going to make certain events come to pass that gives us information on what he's doing. So even if we're confused on the messages being put forth, the event can't confuse us. Amen. Amen. Events, events is the truth. So when events happen, it's revealing the truth. That's what Dad Gabriel is showing Daniel. Events are true. So when Daniel 11.40 happened with 1989, this event is true. Regardless of what ministers say about 1989, who cares? This event happened. So it's in the Bible. So therefore, it's true. And Jesus says, if you don't believe my words, at least believe the work that I do by bringing this event to pass. Amen? At least believe that. So in like Swinton says, Matthew 24, when, when Cestia surround Jerusalem, even if you don't believe that I'm the Christ, at least believe the event that I allowed to just happen. And now, not only am I going to allow Cestius to surround Jerusalem, I'm just going to make him disappear. Isn't that what God did? He just made Cestius disappear. No reason in the world. He just left. So if you don't even believe my word, at least believe the event that I just have. You know what Christ is saying? The event that he's allowed to come to pass, that's a sign. Satan can't do it. It's an impossibility. Daniel 11 is an impossibility of events that Jesus allowed to come to pass. They're impossible. But he allowed them to come to pass as a sign for us. Let us continue. Hopefully we'll see as we, more as we go along. It says, A signal, um, anything which, being understood by persons at a distance, may communicate notice. Let's look at another one. Signal, eminent, remarkable, memorable, distinguished from what is what? So these are not ordinary events. That's why I'm saying that. They're not ordinary. When he says a mighty king shall stand up, Alexander ruling the world was not ordinary. How many people remembers Alexander? Everybody. How many people remember the four generals that came up after Alexander? Every nation on this planet. How many people remember Ahasuerus, the rich king? Everybody. How many people remember Caesar Augustus? Tiberius, Julius, how many people remember them? He says the, 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 the events of Daniel 11, they're memorable. Christ designed that they stay in people's minds. Amen. God, Christ designed that these, these events in Daniel 11 stay in people's minds. You know why? We're going to see why. Let us continue. Signals are particularly useful in the navigation of fleets and in naval engagements. These are, there are day signals, which are usually made by the sails, by flags and pendants or guns, night signals, which are lanterns disposed in certain figures or false fires, rockets, or the firing of guns, fog signal. What's going to happen at the Sunday law? Fogs. Isn't that what Ellen White said? Fog. We not, can we see in a fog? Especially dense fog, can we see? All the lights in the world, can you see? No. So what do you follow? What do ships follow in the fog? Bell sounds. They follow sound. Why? Because they give an echo. 
If, if, if the sound comes back, what does it mean? Something's in front of me. Y'all following? That's what sound does. That's what bats do. When bats fly, they echo, and if it comes back, something's in front of me. Because a sound will always bounce back when it hits an object. That's what it does. Amen? That's what nature teaches us. So ships will blow their horns and listen for an echo. They listen so that they, they know, all right, we, it, we can keep going through this fog. We can, we can keep navigating this way. It's safe. Amen? So Christ wants us to understand these events because these events, when we recognize them in history, they give us an exact location of where Christ is and what he's doing. Amen? Cestius, praise God. Titus. Oh, praise God. Amen. Amen. That's nice. Amen. Yes. Amen. So the virgins are showing the right way to the city because they have their lamps. Amen. Is that your hand? Go ahead. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close out around this subject of signal. Not right now, because I'm, I'm going to stop at it. I'm going to pick back up, Lord willing, not next week. By the grace of God, we, the, we're going to look at something, God willing, next week, and then we'll follow up the following week. And I thank God for this, because what I hope for this is that during this time away, I hope that we'll go back over this, Amen. and that we'll, we'll, we'll go through this and, and test it, try it. If what I'm saying is true, God will show you. If what I'm saying is wrong, God will show you. Amen? If it's true, he'll lay that burden up on you like he's laying it up on me. And if it's false, he'll lay a burden up on you to come and rebuke me for what I'm doing. Y'all follow? So I pray that during that gap, we'll go back over these things. Because I don't expect everybody to understand this by sitting here under this right now. But I at least expect that we hear his voice. And that by hearing his voice, we'll be encouraged to go and hear his voice for ourselves. Amen. So let us continue. It says fog signals, which are like Swinney was saying, which are made by what? Sounds. Sounds. As firing of guns, beating of drums, ringing of what? Bells. As an Adventist. What should come to mind when we hear bells? No, if Romario Rashad Swinney, no. What should we hear when we hear bells? What should we, what should we hear, sister? Um, what about the most holy thing? What does he have on his garment? So what is bells then? I'm, before I go to the next one, what would this suggest to you that bells is? Yes, but how do I ask it? It's, a, it's, it's the signal blank. What, what represents the bell? What represents the bell? Say it again. So Daniel 11 is a what? Bell and a pomegranate. It's events. These, when we see these events, the bell in heaven is ringing. And it's letting us know Christ is at this point. Amen. And this is what Christ is doing. Amen. Amen. So oh, let's go on. Let's, uh, hopefully y'all see it for yourself. Praise God, Michelle. Exodus 28. And beneath, up, and beneath upon the hem of, hem of it thou shalt make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet round about the hem thereof and bells of gold between them round about a golden bell and a pomegranate a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about and it shall be upon Aaron to minister and his what? His signal shall be heard when he what? 
goes in October 22nd, 1844, and the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, when Michael stands up. So the entire book of Daniel is the sounding of the bells. That's what it is. Amen? Go ahead. Oh, praise God. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And the only thing you have is the sound. That's it. That's all you have is the sound. <clears throat> Amen. So do you, I want you all to see what this is saying. At the Sunday Law, studying the Bible is going to be difficult. Difficult to study the Bible. Extremely difficult. So if we don't come to the Sunday Law with a firm knowledge of the Bible, we will be lost. Amen? Yes. In and out. Amen. But before he goes in, you better understand his movements. Amen. Amen. So you should know it by faith. So what does that mean? Do I have to understand everything on this chart? Absolutely. Do I have to understand everything on this chart? Absolutely. But yes, don't be discouraged. You may not understand everything on this chart. There's a promise for us. He that gathered little of this will have no what? No lack. And he that gathers all of this will have what? Nothing over. But what does the Lord want? He just wants you to gather. He just wants you to go and gather. That's all he wants. Just make an effort to gather, and I will make up for what you can't gather. And I will not make you go over what you did gather. Every, whatever you gather, that's your omer for your individual house, self. Amen? At least make an effort. And that's what Christ is saying. If you make an effort, I can save you. But if you don't make an effort, I can't save you. I can't help you in the Sunday law. If you're not accustomed to make an effort to study in your Bible now, in the Sunday law, no matter how much you study, I can't help you. I can't help you. Because when the time came for, for you to make the effort, so when the Sunday law comes, you don't have to make the effort. I will work in you as the effort. Amen? That's what the former reign is. It's God that's going to work within us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So up to this point of the Sunday law, we're to be purifying ourselves, getting rid of error so that Christ can come at the Sunday law and fill us and work in us at the Sunday law to make an effort to study because it's going to be a supernatural thing that's needed to study in the Sunday law. Supernatural. And give to the poor. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And those who have gathered little has to do the same thing. Because the woman with the little she had, she gave it all. She gave it all. So everyone's got to do what? Give all. But you get it back. Amen. Praise God for his investment. That's the best investment. So this thought. In the typical service, I want to see that our pioneers and Ellen White understood this very well. In the typical service, the congregation in the court listened for the tinkling of the golden bells on the robes of the high priest. And in that way, what? Followed him in his work. Our high priest has given signs in the heavens, in the earth, and among the nations to mark the progress of his work. And he said that when we see these signs fulfilled, we are to know that he is near even where? At the door, when we see these bells, they're ringing something. But it's not the events on earth that he wants us to see. It's the one in heaven. 
So the event that's fulfilled on earth is actually teaching us something about Christ in the most holy place. So Christ took Daniel 11 as a representation for the Day of Atonement. That's what Daniel, that's why it's a truth we must understand. Let's see what Ellen White says about it. Notwithstanding the fact that Gabriel gives a what? Open narrative, the very what? Words he uses and the facts which he selects from the multitude of events which actually transpired have a significance in reading God's word in significance. In reading God's word in any of his parts, there is what? First to be found the story which lies on the surface, the event that literally was fulfilled. And secondly, the deeper meaning which is just as truly there, but which must be sought for as with a lighted candle. It is hoped that the reader may at least catch a glimpse of the deep spiritual lessons while reading the plain narrative of events. Amen? Yeah, I know it's high school. This is high school, but it's in agreement with Ellen White. Amen? And we're going to continue on with GC. This is here Ellen White now. This is why I connected that with Haskell. It's the same voice. Amen? Same voice, the bowl. The precious hours, instead of being given to pleasure, to display, or to gain-seeking, should be devoted to an earnest, prayerful study of the word of truth. The subject of the sanctuary and the investigative judgment maybe, maybe, okay, thank you, should be what? clearly understood by the people of God. Some need a knowledge. All need a knowledge in a group. Oh, that's not what it says. All need a knowledge for themselves. Of what? Of the position and work of their great high priest. In the fog, you can't see his position nor his work. The only thing we will have to follow is the bell and the pomegranate. The bell is a symbol that gives you the position. The pomegranate is the one that gives you the what? The work. Amen. The bell and the pomegranate position and work. Amen. So the event that's the bell in that same event, there's a work we should do at the same time. Amen. What was you saying, Sarah? That's the only where the bell and pomegranate Say it again. That's the only where the bell and the Yes, on a certain day. Amen. At a certain time, certain point. Amen. And here's this next part. Otherwise, it will be possible. It will be impossible in the Sunday law for them to exercise a faith which is essential at this time or to occupy the position which God designs them to fill. Go on to this next one. Um, Bell and pomegranate. Thus, Thus momentous are the events introduced by the standing up of Michael, and he thus stands up or takes the kingdom, marking the introduction of this decisive period in human history. In human history. For some length of time before he returns personally to his earth, how important then that we have a knowledge of his what? Of his position, that we may be able to trace the progress of his work and understand when that thrilling moment draws near, which ends his intercession in behalf of mankind and fixes the destiny of all forever. I'm gonna, the, the last part I want to read is this one. I'm going to pick back up next week, but I want this one in our mind, just this point. It says, but how are we to know this? How are we to know when this time comes? 
How are we to determine what is transpiring in the far off heaven of heavens, in the sanctuary above? God, I love this part. God has been so good. I love this. Daniel 11 is showing us how God has been so good. He's been so good that he made the events to symbol the events that takes place in heaven. That's how I know Satan has nothing to do with Daniel 11. He doesn't want us to see the sanctuary. So the things that's fulfilled in Daniel 11, he's actually forced to do them. Y'all follow? He's resistant to let them go in Babylon. Y'all don't see that? It was time for the Jews to go. He would not let them go. So Christ came down and forced his hand. Christ overruled um, Satan. So Daniel 11 is showing us all the overruling providence of God in relation to Satan. He has no choice but to do what Christ says. And it's teaching us when we come under sin, we're in God's hands at that point. And you're going to do whatever the Lord says you're just going to do. He gives you a point to make your decision. And once you've made your decision, you're just going to fulfill what the Lord says you're going to fulfill. That is not what happened to Judas. God gave him up time to make his decision. He didn't have to kill Christ. He didn't have to betray him. God, Christ was trying to stop him from doing that. But once he made that decision, the Bible says Satan entered into him. He has no choice but to do it. From that moment on, he has literally no more ability to choose right from wrong. That's what closing probation means. You lose your ability to choose right from wrong. Once you receive the mark of the beast, your ability, your freedom of choice, it's forever gone. So God has given us an opportunity now to choose before the close of choosing comes. Amen? So, so how do we choose? Study our Bibles. Study our Bibles and stop playing with the Lord. Stop playing with Him and study the Bible. Go ahead. Amen. He's forced to do it. Amen. 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 Praise God. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. He has no choice. He has no choice. You know why the Lord is doing that? To teach us this lesson. Sin makes us have no choice. That's it. That's what sin is. No choice. Once you are under sin, you have no choice. But you're so deceived that you think you have choice. Not realizing that it's sin that has taken away your choice and you're actually doing what sin says you should do. So if you like lying, you probably don't really want to lie. But because of your love for sin, you have no choice but to lie. Because sin tells you, lie. Even when the truth is right in front of you, lie. You have no choice. That's what we lose at the close of probation, the power of choice. And if the Sunday law comes and we have not made our choice to be on God's side, we've lost our ability to choose God from that point forward. Amen? That's how fearful this is. If the Sunday law comes and we don't understand these things, our ability to choose God from that point on, it's gone. We've already made our choice, and the Sunday law is only going to reveal the choice we already made before we even got to the Sunday law. Amen? That's why this is important. I want to finish this. It says, God has been so good as to place the means of knowing this in our hands. When cert How do I know he did this? Because Daniel, Revelation 10, the book was placed in our hands. Those are the means. Those are the means. They're in, our, they're in the church's hand to know these things. But going on, 
when certain great events, when certain what? Great. Not events, great events. Daniel 11 is not events, great events. Amen? When certain great events take place on earth, he has told us what events synchronizing with them occur in heaven. By things which are seen, we thus learn of things that are unseen. As we look through nature up to nature's God, so through terrestrial phenomena and events, we trace great movements in the heavenly world. When the king of the north plants the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain, a movement for which we already behold the initial steps, then Michael, our Lord, stands up or receives from his father the kingdom, preparatory to this return to this earth. Or it might have been expressed in words like these, then our Lord ceases his work as our great high priest and the probation of the world is fixed, finished. The great prophecy of the 2300 days gives us definitely the commencement of the final division of the work in the sanctuary in heaven. The verse before us gives us data whereby we can discover approximately the time of its close. Do you know why I love this? We don't predict time. We predict events. That's what we do. We're not time setters. We're event setters. We tell people this event closes probation. You know what they're going to say? You're set in time. No, I'm not. Christ says this event closes probation. So this event closes probation. That's it. It closes probation. And if you have the wrong understanding of the and a, you're going to come to the wrong close of probation. Satan is going to have his version of the close of probation, and then there's Christ's version of the close of probation. Y'all follow? The version that Uriah Smith laid out, the A, the turkey, the, 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 the teaching is Turkey has to take control of literal Jerusalem. But if we don't understand that the king of the north needs to take control of what? What does the United States? So is it saying that the Vatican is going to move his seat to the United States? Why is the, why is the Vatican going to do that? Just go study 330. Why did Constantine move from the east to the west? Or from west, is it, yeah, from west to east. Why did he do that? Because there was trouble in that area. Who was, who's going to cause trouble in Europe? What power is going to cause a lot of trouble in Europe? Does anyone know what the gold of Islam is? Do y'all you, do you know what the gold of Islam is? The goal of Islam was to take all of Europe. That was their first goal. But Christ says, hither shall thou come and no further. This that you want to do is for the time of trouble. Y'all follow? This what Islam wants to do is when Michael stands up. So the papacy's hands will be forced to what? Move the seat of government. Y'all follow? It, man, there's a lot of things. I, I pray that. And when we see this, probation close. Go ahead. Guessing? Not guessing, no. Our, our devices, our searching out. It tells you when the papacy does it, Michael, Michael stands up. You Simple. Amen. Amen. It's plain. They're in the scriptures, and you have to decipher, and you have to bring Amen. prophecy and compare scripture with scripture. But that one. It's too plain. He doesn't leave that one up to your mind. Amen. When the papacy does this, no. Michael stands up. 
Amen. Amen. But seeing that on earth means nothing if you don't see it in heaven. Yes, seeing the papacy do that on earth, if you don't get the revelation of Michael actually literally standing up in heaven, if, you don't, if we don't actually see it, we're lost. And it's that time that the foolish virgins is going to come to the wise. Tell me how he stand up. Yes. Going by. Yes. Going by. When the time was there for you to learn how he was going to stand up, you didn't want to learn it. And now when he stood up, now all of a sudden you're interested in how he's going to stand up. It's too late. I can't give it to you. You know why you can't give it? Because Christ says in another place, see that you tell no man until I come. So now we are tested on whether we're going to give it when we're told don't give it. Amen. We cannot. The wise cannot give it. Once Christ give it to them, they're told do not give it. Don't tell anybody until the second coming. And that, man, this is a lot of nice things, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here. I just pray that we're encouraged to really study these things. We have to know them. We have to understand. And I have to say it this way. If I don't say it this way, I'm not doing my duty as a minister. Amen? I have to say it this way. It's called a straight testimony. It has to be made plain. God has to plainly tell us, you better study your Bible or else. Amen? He has to say it that way. And, and, and every minister who studies this, and any not just minister, anyone who studies this, I promise you, you will end up saying it that way. Because you, yes, you will come to this conclusion and you will, because you know why people don't like it? Because you're going to see it as a man is telling me what to do. And you're not going to separate me from the voice of God telling you what to do. And that's the problem that we have as people. We don't separate the man from the voice of God. And because we don't know how God works, we ascribe everything the man does to man. And then we, that's how we mess up. And then we end up crucifying the Lord being represented in the man. That's what we end up doing. Because we don't hear that. And that's why Christ says, today, if you hear his voice, what do you do? Don't harden your heart. Don't harden it if you hear it. Is, is, is it true or is it false? That's all that matters. And the only way we can know if it's true or false is if we go see whether these things be so for ourselves. So I just want to encourage us. We're going to stop here. Next week, I'm not going to, God willing, we're not going to pick back up with this one. So I, in that time, I hope that we'll probably go back over this video and go through the notes and test it, try it, see if it's so, and hopefully the Lord will show you something that I missed while going through this. Let us close out with the word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you there, Lord, for opening up these things to our minds. I know you've opened it up, Lord, because it's impossible for humans to understand Daniel 11 right. That's what Daniel 10 teaches us. Michael had to come down himself, and he had to reveal, and it had to be revealed to Daniel. It was a supernatural thing to even under to see the last vision in Daniel 11. And so you're teaching us, O oh Lord, to really understand what's really in this book. We're going to need the help of heaven. And I pray and ask, O oh Lord, that you help us to bring ourselves under the power of heaven so that we can understand these truths. I know that in studying this, O oh Lord, we're studying the whole Bible because the whole Bible is built on this theme. So we're not missing anything when we encourage people. Just study these things. You we're actually studying the whole Bible because it takes the whole Bible to really understand what's in these things. And I thank you, O Lord, for shaping events. I thank you for bringing to pass 1989 and for bringing to pass 9-11 and for bringing to pass 2014. I thank you for bringing to pass the things that happened with COVID and all of these things, O Lord, because it's in these things that we can recognize that you're doing something in the earth, that we can recognize, O Lord, that the Bible is being fulfilled. And you want us to see and recognize these things. And I pray and ask, O Lord, that you really would open up our eyes so that we can see that the events that are now taking place, you're, you're permitting them, you're allowing them, and you're in full control of them. But the only way we can know you're in full control is if we study Daniel and Revelation. So please help us to study that you're in full, these books so that we can see you're in control of the state and you're in control of the religious world. You're in control of the whole world 
and the religion at the same time. So please help us to see this, O oh Lord, because in seeing this, we really won't have anything to fear. Please forgive us of our sins. May you forgive us of our neglect of prayer and Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.